Morning, everyone. Those of you joining us online, we've got a smattering of people here in the sanctuary. Thank you guys for coming. Those that obviously didn't get our email, we lost power uh, last night at the church. So we get late last night and there's so many people without power. I did not think they would get the power on at the church, but they did. But uh, so we, we decided to bring the worship team in and do uh, at least do a live uh, a stream for everyone. And then there were some that didn't get the message. I said, come on in and just amen me as loud as you can. So let me hear an amen from the five people that are here. Amen. They're there. They're here. Let me hear an amen online. So I'm, I'm following everybody online. So I want to make sure you guys are with us here this morning, too. And uh, so we're glad that we're able to do this. First of all, I just want to say if your power is on um, this morning, I hate you because our power is still off. So I just want to let you know that. So we are suffering for Jesus in the Jure's household. Uh, by the way, we do have a generator, so it's not that bad. I still had my cappuccino this morning. But anyways, um, we are so glad that you're here, and we're continuing series um, looking at the, the birth of Christ and why the birth of Christ matters. And you know, every time I think about Christmas, I just love, I don't know if, if you're like me, but I love the, the Christmas carols. What are some of your favorite those of you that are online, just, just write a comment, your favorite Christmas carol. What are some of your favorite Christmas carols? Ruth, what's your favorite Christmas carol? There's so many. It's not Grandma Got Run Over. Okay, so Ruth, Ruth, for those of you that didn't hear that, Ruth said it's not Grandma Got Ran, ran Over by a Reindeer. So that's not her favorite. I love, I, I just like Joy to the World. That's one of my favorites. I just love Joy to the World. Those of you, write in a comment right now online, what is your favorite Christmas carol? Uh, mine is, is Joy to the World. I love, I love hearing them in the stores. I love having it on the radio. Um, it just really gets you in the Christmas, uh, Christmas mood. And so we're looking at why the birth of Jesus matters. And so much of the Christmas carols deal specifically with the birth of Christ and that incredible thing that happened 2,000 years ago. And what I want to look at today is everything that God does for us through his son Jesus, through the incarnation, through the birth of his son, was to relate to us. God came near. It's not that we have this faraway deity that can't relate to us. He came to show us the way back to God. And for me, I don't know about you, but for me, that's just unbelievable. And what I want us to do this morning is I want us to understand why the birth of Christ matter, why Jesus's birth changes everything. And I want to go back to the story of when Mary found out that she was going to be with child and, and God made this wonderful announcement to her. This, this announcement, though, for Joseph is going to meet with originally a different reaction. So when Joseph found out that Mary was pregnant, he was going to divorce, divorce her quietly to not put her to shame. Now, we know at this point Joseph would, was betrothed to Mary uh, when he found out the news. And basically a, a betrothal was uh, much different than what we see in engagement today. A betrothal was really a legal binding document that could only be broken through a formal divorce. So this, this news to Joseph was very difficult at the beginning. And, th- and though Mary and Joseph were not yet married, um, to have relations before the official marriage would, would be completely immoral and grounds for divorce. So what Joseph was planning to do is he had compassion uh, for Mary, but he, he didn't want to hurt her. And even though this child was not him, he was going to uh, divorce her quietly. But in a dream, this is interesting, but in a dream, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph telling him not to fear and to take Mary as his wife for the child within her 
was going to be conceived by the Holy Spirit. And what I love that God does for Joseph, he specifically tells Joseph the purpose for Jesus coming to earth, the Messiah coming to this world. And we see that in Matthew chapter 1. So if you want to follow along, Matthew chapter 1, we're going to look at verses 20 through 24. And I want to look at this announcement that that the angel of the Lord shared with Joseph. And it says this, starting in verse 20, it says, As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. So Joseph is planning to do what he's going to do, and he's going to divorce Mary. But as he's considering this, the word of God tells us an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophet, Look, the virgin will conceive a child, she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded, and he took Mary as his wife. Now, in this, in this dream that Joseph, has, that Joseph had, I love the description of Jesus here. God reassures Joseph that, that he would be with him, that he didn't have to fear. And, and what we see here is, is Jesus would actually fulfill Old Testament prof, uh, prophecies concerning the Messiah. So what God is telling Joseph, listen, this is a fulfillment of my word. This is a fulfillment of what I've been planning to do all these years was to come and save my people from their sins. And so Jesus as Emmanuel is this miraculous fulfillment of Isaiah 7, 14, written some 700 years earlier before the birth of Christ. The prophet Isaiah speaks of this Messiah who would come to earth to rescue God's people from their sin. And this passage is a promise that God would be with us and God would always be with his people. So here's the thing, you know, I think sometimes when we get afraid or we get lonely or we feel like God's not coming through, we tend to forget that God is always with us, that God is always with us even when we feel that he's near or even when we feel that he's He's afar from us or when we're going through a struggle or we're going through a trial we need to know that god is always with us and and let me show you this because god wanted to um just instill this in joseph saying joseph don't fear i mean can you imagine the scandal that that would create in their small community and god says i'm going to be with you there's going to be scandal um, th- th- there's going to be persecution. There's going to be all these things that are going to happen. But I want you to know that I'm with you. And this is a fulfillment of, of the prophets hundreds of years earlier. So you can put full stock in me and you can trust in me. So the promise here is that God would be with Joseph. And God was always with his people. And I want to I look at a couple of examples of God's faithfulness in Scripture. God is faithful with us in the past, God's faithful with us in the present, and God will be faithful to us in the future. Amen? Amen? He's always going to be faithful. In the Old Testament, he would lead the Israelites from their exodus from Egypt with fire uh, by night and clouds by day. He never left them. This was to show them, I am with you, I will lead you. They could travel by night or day. The pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud gave them a constant reminder that God was with them. 
God was with his people when he spoke through the prophets. God's presence could be visible and seen over the tabernacle in a pillar of a cloud that, that hung over the, 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 the tabernacle, the temple, showing them, I am with you, my presence is there. And what makes the incarnation so miraculous is God came to us through a baby and he lived among us. There's this one passage that I just love in the book of Colossians, Paul speaking here. And I love what he, how he describes Jesus because not only does, does he describe Jesus as being human, but fully God at the same time. Colossians 2.9 says, For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in human body. And so here we see God coming in the form of a baby in this humanness to live right with us, to walk among us, to show us the way back to the Father. So we can look at this passage as God coming to earth in the human flesh, which it is, but I never saw this before. I never saw this as a promise also. And the promise found in Colossians 2.9 is this, is Jesus is always with us, not only for those who walk with Jesus when he was on earth, but for us here today. God is with us. He's with you when you feel that he's near, and he's with you even when you don't feel he's near. God is faithful to always walk with us. When um, I was a little boy, my, my parents um, set me up in the basement it was more of a dungeon. No, I'm teasing. It was a, in the basement. is my own room. It was kind of cool. So I had my own room when I was younger, and I had a bumper pool table. How many of how many you remember a bumper pool? Bumper pool is cool. They need to bring that back. So I had this little bumper pool table and ping pong table, and I had two you know, single beds down there. So if I wanted to have my friends stay over, they could. And it was just a really, it was a really cool room. They put paneling, you know, remember the paneling? They put paneling up and um, it was really neat how they, they set me up down in the basement. So I, I loved it down there. I had my own little bachelor pad at, in seventh grade and I had my own little record player. I could play Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live albums. And I, it was just cool. It was, it, was, it was really neat. But I remember one time I was really, really sick. I probably was, I don't I can't remember how old I was, probably fifth, sixth grade, I can't remember. And I was just sick as a dog, and I was down there by myself. My dad came down, and he said, hey, Barton, do you, do you want me to stay with you? And I, I said, yeah, yeah, if you would, yeah, that would be great. So I remember he was in the other single bed, and I remember I fell asleep. And I remember I woke up in the middle of the night, and I thought for sure my dad wasn't going to be there. I thought for sure he's probably like, okay, Barton's good. He fell asleep. I'll go back upstairs. And I remember looking over, and my dad was still there. He stayed, he stayed in my room the whole night just to stay with me and make sure that 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 I was okay. And it just reminds me of the faithfulness of our Father. He is always there. He is always with us. He is close to us. And this is what I love about the Savior, Jesus, is that he could, he could have stayed in heaven, but he didn't. He left his heavenly throne to come into the midst of our brokenness and our messiness to tell us that he loves us, that he wants to give his life for us, to come to serve us, to show us the way back to the Father. Jesus is always with us. And so that's the heart of Christmas, is God came and he wanted to instill this in Joseph. Say, Joseph, don't fear. God is with you. What, what Mary will give birth to is the Son of God, the Savior, God himself, that's going to come into this world. So don't fear. Just trust me and trust my word and put your hope in that and I will fulfill all these things through you. And so Jesus tells us that he will never leave us. So every time you feel alone, Jesus says, I am with you. And so when we look at Christmas, we can say God is always with us. 
He's always with us and he'll never leave us. I love what he tells the disciples before he leaves the world. And, you know, he's getting ready to leave. They're getting nervous. Where are you going? But he, he just, not only does he relieve their, um, their troubles and their fear and their anxiety by, by telling them he's going to give them the Holy Spirit. He says, I'm going to send you another just like me who will always be with you. And that word Holy Spirit in the Greek is the word paraclete. It means one who will be alongside you, who will be with you to comfort us, to give us power for everyday living. But I want you to see what he says in the end of the, the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew 28, 12. It says, he, 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 he says this to the disciples. He says, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this. Be confident of this. Never lose faith in this. And what does Jesus tell them before he leaves? I am with you always, even to the end of of the age. Now, I don't know about you, that this world is fleeting and our life is but a vapor. And when we put our hope in this world, how many of you know that that's pretty hopeless? But when we put our hope in Christ, he says, listen, not only am I going to be with you here, but I'm going to be with you to the end of the age. So why did Jesus want us to know that he would always be with us even until the end of the age? He never wanted us to lose hope. So the same hope, listen, it's the same hope the angel of the Lord gave Joseph not to fear. It's the same hope Jesus gives today. Don't fear. Don't lose hope. I am always going to be with you, and I will never, ever let you go. Because Jesus knew that the early disciples would face severe trials for their faith. No matter what they would face, Jesus, Jesus says, I will never, ever leave you. So God with us, this is what it means. God with us means that God came in human flesh in the person of Jesus Christ, and fulfilled his promise of sending a Messiah to rescue us from our sins. That's what it means to have God with us. And so God could have not gotten any closer to us than coming to live among us and actually become one of us, told fully human and fully God at the same time. There's an interesting dialogue that Jesus had with one of his disciples, Philip. And on the night that Jesus was arrested, before he goes to the cross, Philip, one of the disciples, asked Jesus to show him the Father, and that will be enough. So here he's been walking with Jesus. He's seen all these miracles, and he says, listen, if you just show us, give us something, and that will be enough. Now, Jesus handles Philip's question. How he handles this is really essential for us to understand here. And in John chapter 14, verses 8 and 9, we see how Jesus handles uh, this, this little dialogue that he has with Philip. So Philip said, he says, Lord, show us the Father, and, and, and we will be satisfied. You just show us the Father, we will be satisfied. And listen how Jesus replies to him. Jesus says, man, I have been with you all this time. You've seen the miracles. You've seen all these things. I've been with you all the time. Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Everyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? You know, here's, this question, here's the question. Philip is asking him to show him the Father. And here, Jesus comes right among them. And he's been walking with them, yet Philip still doesn't get it. I remember there was a country song years ago called um, Looking for Love in All the Wrong Places by Johnny Lee. How many of you remember that? Looking for love and all, right? Really catchy song. And um, I, when I think of that song, I think of this. So many of us do the same thing with God. We look for God in all the wrong places. And, and what do I mean by looking for? I mean, 
Philip was looking for God in all the wrong places. His idea of God, if you show us something or if he appears, then I'll believe. And then God is right there in front of him, yet, yet he doesn't understand that. Philip wanted to see God, but he wanted some sort of appearance. And so Philip said, I'll be satisfied if, if he sees an appearance. And it's interesting, the word satisfied in the, in the Greek is this word archaeo. And basically, the word carries the idea of raising a barrier. So, he's, so basically, what Philip's saying, listen, if, if I'll be satisfied if you show me something, if you show me the Father, I'll be satisfied. The, the barrier of me not believing will be raised. Now, I remember going to Disneyland for the first time as a kid. And I remember when we went there, we took the, if you've ever been to Disney World, you take the tram and then, or, or a boat, the tram lets you off, and then you're, you're at the gate. And then the, the gate opens, and then you go into the Magic Kingdom, and you walk down Main Street, and then there's Cinderella's Castle. Well, I remember as a kid going in there, I thought the minute you got off the tram, boom, you were there. So I was all excited. So I get off the tram, and I'm like, why are these people all standing around? My dad said, well, there's a gate. The gate has to open first before they let you in the mail. I'm going, you've got to be kidding me. There's another thing we've got to wait for. So we waited there for like 20 minutes. And finally, the announcement went on, welcome to the magic. And they opened the door, and I'm all pumped up, and I'm excited. And they opened the gate, and there was Main Street, and there was the castle. It was so awesome. Like the gate, the barrier was open into the magic kingdom. This is the same idea that Philip is saying, if the barrier is lifted, if, if, you, if you raise this barrier, then, then, then I'll believe. See, Philip believed that an appearance would raise the barrier of any doubt that he might have. And here's the thing that we can do. This is, this is, we can do the same thing. God, God, if you just do this for me, if you get me out of this jam, uh, I'll believe. I, you know, I'll stop doubting. I'll, I'll make this. We kind of bargain with God a little bit. I'll believe if you spell out the answers for me in a cloud or if you spell out your name in the bowl of Cheerios I'm eating for breakfast. If you do something, if you show me some sign, then I will believe. See, when Jesus tells Philip, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. And what Jesus is saying is, is Jesus saying, I've lifted the barrier that kept you from seeing God the Father because of your sin. I'm the one. When you've seen me, you've seen the Father. We are one. I lift the barrier. It's through my life that you can now enter into the throne room of God, that you can now enter into a relationship with the Holy God that was broken because of sin. So Jesus telling telling Philip, God and I are one. He is right here with you. You don't need to see anymore. When you've seen me, you've seen the Father, and that should satisfy you. And see, I remember there, there was a, a woman years ago. She was like a Sunday school teacher for like 40 years and just incredible follower of Jesus, just served Jesus her whole life. And I remember I, I, I went for a hospice visit and uh, she went to a different church, but her daughter came to our church, and she asked me to visit her. So I, I went to visit her in hospice, and we got talking, and it was such an incredible conversation of all the things she did for the Lord and how she loved the Lord. And so I just asked her, I said, I said, what is the thing that you're looking most forward to when you get to heaven? And she looked at me, and you know, most people's answer is like, oh, I'm, I want to be reunited with a family member or my pet or whatever it might be. You know, and all those things are fine and dandy, right? But this is what she said to me because it blew my mind. She goes, 
I just can't wait to see Jesus, and that'll be enough. She goes, everything else is icing on the cake. I'm like, sister, you got it right. That's, that's what I want my heart to be. Everything else, being reunited with loved ones, is going to be great. Amen? The fishing is going to be fabulous, okay? It's going to be called fishing and not catching because you're actually, or it's going to be called catching, not fishing because you're actually going to catch fish every time. But it's going to be fabulous. And I loved her heart that she goes, the only thing I cared about was seeing Jesus. That was enough. And this is what Jesus is saying to Philip. When you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That is enough. and, And what I love about that is it's very personal for me because I grew up in church and I went to Sunday school, yet I really didn't know Jesus. We went to church because that was the right, you know, that was the right thing to, to do. But it, but it wasn't personal to me. You know, it was just religious. It was just doing something, a, a religious calisthenics. It was kind of going through the motion. And, and so Jesus was someone to me who just lived a long time ago and said a lot of neat things and you tried to do good things. Church was something we did on Sunday. It really didn't change my life. It was just something we did on Sunday. But once I, come, once I came to really know who Jesus was personally and what he did for me, that's what changed. And what Jesus did for me is he lifted that barrier in my life to show me that he really wanted to know me, that he really gave his life for me, that the reason he came and the reason he was born is not that I could just know about him and just learn about him in a Sunday school classroom, but actually he wanted me to know him personally. And that's what changed my life at 16 years old. And then from that moment on, I realized that Jesus was always with me and he was always near to me. Even in the times that I felt alone, the times that were difficult, the times of struggle, the times of suffering, through God's word, he reiterates to us always and always, 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 over and over again, Emmanuel, God is with us. Christmas is all about Jesus coming near right into our mess. And here's what I would tell you, those who are here, those who are watching online, here's what I would tell you today. Listen, let, let's, let's allow the barriers in our lives to be lifted, the barriers of doubt, the barriers of, of, of faithlessness to be lifted in our lives to realize that God will never leave us or forsake us, that nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. The same promise that Jesus through that that Jesus gave Joseph the word of the Lord gave to Joseph 2000 years ago is that same promise he wants to give to us fear not for he is Emmanuel God with us and so i you know i want to pray for you i don't i don't know what you're going through today i don't know what you're struggling with today i don't know what fears you might have i don't know what doubts maybe you're just Maybe you're just lonely. And I know sometimes during the Christmas season, it's a very, it can be a very lonely time because it brings up a lot of memories of maybe someone that passed or whatever. And, and um, God understands that. And I, here's the thing. Instead of just trying to whitewash it, what Jesus wants to do is he wants to come right into your place. Whatever that place is, just invite Jesus in and say, Jesus, I'm, I, I feel alone. I do. I, I feel alone right now. Or, man, I just I don't feel myself. Um, but I, I'm going to invite you into, into my life, into my messiness, because I know that you're here. And, and that's where the comfort and the strength Christ desires to give to us when we invite him in to know that he is close to us. His promises are true 
they remain the same forever and ever and ever. And he says to, to his disciples and he says to us, I will always be with you even until the end of the age. And Jesus proved that through his resurrection, that he is God and that his word is true. So Christmas, to me, is all about God coming near and opening the gate so that we can see the Father and have a right relationship with him. So I pray for you just to invite him in. Let him come into your life. Let him come into your stuff and and allow him just to bring healing and comfort and knowing that he's right there with you. Amen? Amen. Let me pray for you. And those of you that are online, just, just pray this with me. And let's just ask God just to help us right now. And, and just thank God for, for being near us and being with us and helping us. God, I just thank you for your word today. Lord, I thank you that, that Jesus, you lift the gate, the barrier that kept us from knowing God and finding who he really is. I thank you, Jesus, that you came near to us. You did not expect us to draw near to you and get our lives all worked out and figured out. Jesus, you took that initial step to come into our world, to come into our mess, to demonstrate your love for us. And we know your word says that God demonstrates his love towards us, that while we were still sinners, Jesus died for us. So we thank you for coming into our mess. And so, Lord, we invite you. I don't know where everyone is. I don't know if this is a season of loneliness for some people or struggle, but I thank you, Jesus, that you are near to us, that you even want to come into that place of our loneliness and our struggles to show yourself real, that you are with us, that you are near us. Even when we don't feel it, you are there. And I thank you, Lord, for that. I thank you for your love today. I thank you, Lord, that in the middle of the night, we can wake up and see you're there. You're there. Your presence is there. Lord, help us never to doubt your love for us. And we thank you, Lord, it's not dependent on works. It's not dependent on our performance. I'm so thankful for that for that because we would be instant failures if that was the case. But it's all dependent on what Christ already provided for us through his beautiful work on the cross. Thank you, Jesus, for doing the work for us. And you ask us just to put our trust and our faith in you and allow you to do the work in our hearts and our lives. So we thank you for your consistency, for your faithfulness, for your love for us. Thank you that nothing can separate us from your love. So we love you, we thank you, and we just want to be careful to ask all these things in Jesus' wonderful name, in Jesus' wonderful name. Everybody online, everybody here, amen, amen. We're going to sing this song just in closing today, and let's just worship the Lord and just allow the Lord to minister today. God bless you.